You are now listening to Everyday Adventures in Faith, a podcast created to inspire and encourage you to walk boldly in your faith because it's all an adventure. I'm your co-navigator, Ashley Thompson. Let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Adventures in Faith, and I'm your co-navigator, Ashley Thompson, here to inspire and encourage you to walk boldly in your faith. For today's guest, we have a queen, she's a child of God, a game changer in gene therapy, and she's also a good friend of mine. Welcome, Princess Jones. Hey, everyone. Hey, Ashley. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good, just enjoying this Saturday and ready to talk. Right. Like, what is the tea today? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, in your own words, how would you describe Princess? Who is Princess? Princess is a very um, unique person. She's quiet. She's observant. Um, she's very ambitious, um, and she's, you know, hungry for life. Um, she's very loving. Um, yeah, she's just, she's a child of God. So what was your original intention? Like, okay, you, you chose biology. What was your original plan with that major? So I wanted to go to med school. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to med school and I wanted to be a PA. But then when I got to ANT and, you know, talked to the advisor and all that stuff, and then I saw, like, went over the report and, like, saw how much more schooling I would have to do, I was like, no. (laughs) I was like, I can't do it. I was like, there's no way. I just, yeah, I was like, no, I really can't do that. I just know it would be too much. And then I started thinking about the finances, you know, as far as med school and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, have to really sit down and think about what I really want to do. And then I was like, okay, well, I can be a physical therapist. But then, I don't know, I guess just like having a doctor or just being something in the medical field that's something I just wanted to have by my name, but having a doctor or whatever initials, you know, by your by your name, I didn't want to be, how can I put it, like. Did you, you know, feel like, uh, oh, I was going to say, did it make you feel more important having those, uh, believing that having those, uh, that title by your name would make you feel, like, more valuable? Yeah, like, that title, like, having that title, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I'm this and I'm that, you know, um, you know, that person that you can go to. But then I thought about it, I'm like, it's not about the title because you can have the title but, you know, not have the heart for the job, you know, because some people have the title, but they're just having the title for the money, you know, and I didn't right. want to go after it because of what I'm getting paid for. You know, I wanted to do something that I actually love and enjoy doing versus just catching a check and not even caring about the people, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Your 
you're in your biology field and right now you're still thinking about uh, physical therapy and all those things and you're starting to take you're starting to take more of the biology classes. And it's a little bit different than high school. How how are some of those challenges with your class? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Some of that stuff, like I never heard of before, like molecular biology, um, right? Botany. So, okay, so we we got through the classes and we finally graduate. So as as you get closer to well, as you get closer to um, your graduation, what was the plan? Did did you have a plan? Um, the plan really was to be able to start working in my field, um, because I was working at Food Line at the time before I graduated, but then I knew a friend that was working at LabCorp, and I was like, oh, that'll be great, you know, be able to get my foot in the door in LabCorp, you know, to be able to start there, and, um, she was able, I filled that application, and I eventually got an interview, and then I got the job. And, and what were you doing? It was, what was it, data entry? Data okay. entry specialist, like keying in, um, like, patient um, data records and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So once I graduated, I was still working at Food Line, but then that's when I got the call that I got the job. So probably, like, maybe like a month or two after um, I graduated, that's when I found out I got the job and started working there, and it was probably I was working at LabCorp for six months, and then I got promoted to medical coding, you know, doing, like, medical coding and stuff for LabCorp. So it was really good, even though it wasn't, like, all, it wasn't biology, it was still science, but, you know, be able to do something, you know, after just graduating and, you know, having an actual, like, career job, you know, that was something, you know, that was something good. And also, uh, being that you said that you're very observant, you were able to use that skill uh, when you did data, data entry and entering in the patient records because you, you don't want just anybody entering that information and they mess up on it because that could be a lot of trouble for the, for the company and for you as well. So that was good. You were able to work build on that skill while you were doing while you was at uh, LabCorp. Yeah, being observant is really good because it's like looking at the patient records or the insurance forms or whatever the case was, like you have to be able to catch every detail. Um, And if you miss a detail, then it can be, you know, an issue with the insurance company or the patient, you know, having to pay something that they don't have to pay and whatnot. So, you know, being able to observe everything that's on the form, you know, that's very, you know, critical. Right. Yeah. And so you said you did that for six months? Yeah, I think that entry is probably like six months, and then that's when they were looking for medical coders, like medical coding, and mm-hmm. then that's when, uh, you know, let it be known that I was interested and I had took the class for it. They had a class okay. that they had going on at LabCorp, and I took the class for it, and I passed. And then I became a medical coder. Okay. And how long yeah. did you do that? I did that for probably, like, maybe, like, two and a half years. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, probably like two and a half years, and then that's when um, I wanted to do something else. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing this, or now I want to venture off to do something else. Um, and that's when I applied for patient billing. And that's mm-hmm. when I started doing mm-hmm. patient billing, like, you know, looking at the patient records and billing them. Um, based off what I was given or either billing the insurance company or either talking with the insurance company to see what we can do as far as regarding the patient. Um, So I started doing that for probably like a year um, after doing medical coding at LabCorp. Okay. And so after you did patient billing, um, were you still interested or did you move forward and did you transition to another uh, company or – what did you do after that? Um, well, after that, that's when my dad had got sick. Um, mm-hmm. And at that time, it was hard, you know, trying to go from Greensboro to Rocky Mount, Rocky Mount to Greensboro. It was just, it was too much. And, you know, you only get but so much vacation and all that stuff. So I really just had to make a decision on what I had to do, you know, for my family. Because, you know, I was like, my mom needs help. You know, it's just her you know, what can I do to help? So I really just had to make a decision and just move back home, um, you know, to Rocky Mount. And I thought I would have a job lined up when I moved back to Rocky Mount, but I didn't. I applied everywhere, applied hospital, um, Mm -hmm. labs, you know, anywhere that, you know, I possibly can get my foot in the door, um, but still try to do something with, you know, biology or science or whatever the case may be. Um, but it didn't work out as planned, um, so I just ended up just having to take a quick job working at Red Lobster, just being a waitress. Um, it was a very humbling experience because, you know, going from a career job, you're making right. a good good salary, and then now, you know, you're a waitress, and you're making $2 or something an hour, and, like, you're trying to live off tips. You know, it was a very humbling experience. Um but it was something that I had to sacrifice to do for my family, you know, because I know that my dad was sick and I know that, you know, my parents need help. So working at Red Lobster, it really helped with, you know, the money coming in because it was really good tips. So I was able to use that money to help them and save for myself, you know, so that when the good job did come along, you know, I'll be prepared and stuff like that. So, And I, I was just going to ask you about about that uh, transition because you're right, it it is very humbling. And but at the same time, you were able to continue to build on your character. Like you, you, uh, I'm I'm sure you were already uh, good at budgeting your money, but um, coming from a science a science position into being a waitress, you have to learn how to budget with what you were given at the time. And so that mm-hmm. that was like a mentality shift like you had to change the way you were you were thinking just for a short period of time and yeah. also uh it also built your character in uh customer service and just uh like communicating well to with other people mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely true because at first you know i didn't really i mean i had compassion you know for waitress because i'm like i know that had to be i know it has to be a tough job um but actually doing the job and, like, you know, seeing how people treat you, you know, because you're a server, you know, it really, you know, opened my eyes and, like, wow, you know, 
is really some rude, you know, nasty people out there. So I right. really, you know, have compassion for all waitresses or servers, you know, because it's really a hard job, you know, because you really don't get paid much. Um, and you get, you know, treated like whatever, like, you know, you don't even matter. So it definitely taught me, like, when I go to restaurants, you know, make sure, you know, you show respect. You tip them how you suppose, how they supposed to be tipped, you know, because they really, you know, don't have an income like that. So, yeah, it varies. And some people, you know, sometimes God allows you experience that, you know, just so that you can see, like, you know, because some people are so blinded because of, you know, they're used to the salary. They're making $75,000 a year or $80,000 a year. And, you know, they're just like, you know, this can't happen to me. But it very can happen to you. You know, you just don't know what life can bring. Um, right. And when it does happen, you know, you just have to be prepared for it. You know, keep your head up and just go through mm-hmm. it until, you know, God brings you out. Amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> So, update with your father. He He's doing way better than how yes, he was at that time, right? Yes, he's doing very much better than that time. That's great. Yeah. And so, when he when he started uh, feeling better, what did you do then? Did you continue with Red Lobster, or uh, what happened next with you, as far as your career? Um, I was still at Red Lobster, but I was still, while I was still at Red Lobster, I still didn't give up. Like, I was still applying everywhere, still hospitals outside of Rocky Mount, like Greenville, Wilson, um, doing, like, medical offices, you know, anything that, you know, I felt like, you know, I can do. Um, but I still kept getting denied. Um, but then like, I had got a job offer at the Lowe's Home Improvement Store. I just took it because it was just extra, you know, money, you know, that I know that we needed. Um, so I was working at Lowe's Home Improvement plus, you know, working at Red Lobster too. So I was doing okay. both jobs. Um, and Lowe's was really good. And Lowe's basically taught me that, you know, you don't have to be on a job for a year to get promoted. Um, because I was working at Lowe's and the manager wanted me in one place, but when the other manager found out my skills, like how good I am with money, she was like, oh, I want you to be my cash office person. And I was like, sure, you know. So, you know, mm-hmm. only, there for like a, only there for a month. Within that month, I went from they put me trying to put me in the paint department. And the lady was like, no, you're not going in the paint department. You're going in my cash office. So I was like, God definitely showed favor there, and he gave me more hours. Um, and that helped out as far as income. But, again, I still didn't give up, you know, as far as trying to, you know, be in the science field. I still kept pushing regardless of being denied or what. Are you enjoying everyday adventures in faith and wish there was something similar for children? Well, did you check out Ella's Greatest Adventures? This children's brand was created to encourage children to overcome their fears and discover God's great love through colorful storytelling. Just like Ella's first adventure, Peace at the Dental Office, where she discovers God's love and what it means to have peace and overcome her fears of going to the dentist. Find this and more 
at ellasgreatestadventures.com. Are you ready for faith, fun, and discovery? Um, okay, so going back to your story, you were applying to all these science positions and what ha- what eventually happened. Oh, you, you also got Lowe's. So you got Lowe's and Red Lobster, but what happened next? So nothing still didn't happen. Um, still working at Lowe's, still um, with Red Lobster, but with Red Lobster, it was just getting too much um, as far as like management wise, it was just getting too disrespectful. I just had to let it go. Um, and so I still had lows, but then um, one of the jobs I applied for, it was a, a engine plant. It's called Rocky Mount Engine Plant, but um, they it used to be called Cummins or CDC, whichever one, but it was an engine plant. Um, no, wait, I'm sorry. Let me go back. So before that, um, one of my old managers at Piggly Wiggly came in Lowe's, and he was like, um, hey, Princess, I didn't know you moved back home. And I was like, yeah, I've been home for a while now. And he was like, oh, well, come see me. Um, so when I did go see him, I think it was probably on a weekend or something, but he was on vacation. So I just told them to tell him that, you know, I came by to visit. Um, and so probably like maybe that next week, um, his daughter called, and she was like, hey, are you at Lowe's? And I was like, no, I'm home. She was like, oh, well, me and my daddy came looking for you. We want to give you a drug test. And I was like, a drug test for what? What I do? <laughs> I was like, I don't do drugs. She was like, no, um, my dad want to hire you as his bookkeeper. And I was wow. like, really? I was like, wow. So you didn't even like, apply for that? No, mm-mm, I didn't apply. He was just like, uh, she was like, oh, he's looking for a bookkeeper, and he thought about you. And I was like, wait, really? She was like, I'm serious. She was like, when can you stop by and do the drug test? And I was like, well, I'll come by. I can't remember when I went. It probably was either that next day or something like that. But um, I did the drug test. They did my background. Everything was peachy because, you know, I'm clean. And... um. <laughs> And so he was like, you know, when can you start? And I'm like, really? Like, I was like, immediately. So I started, mind you, I used to be the bookkeeper there, but, you know, I haven't done it in so long since I was 16. Um, and so he was like, you know, um, you're going to get back trained, get back into the swing of things. And I did probably like within, within a few weeks, I got back into the swing of being a bookkeeper. Um, and I was doing that. And, I want to say that was in, like, June or July or something like that. And then um, probably, like, November, I kept hearing rumors that they was going to have another Piggly Wiggly building, like they was building another Piggly Wiggly. And I kept hearing rumors that the manager that, you know, was looking for me to be his bookkeeper, he was leaving. And I was like, I know he's not leaving after I done came here <laughs> to, like, you know, work. I was like, I know he's not leaving. And so – him and his daughter came to me, and she was like, you know we're taking you with us, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, the new <laughs> store that they're building is his store, and you're going to be his bookkeeper in a new store. And I was like, girl, shut up. I was like, are you serious? She was like, yeah. She was like, my daddy didn't hire you to leave you. She was like, my daddy hired you to take you with him. And I just kept thinking, I was like, that ain't nothing but God. I was like, they're truly like a blessing, you know, in disguise. Right. 
so he basically brought me to the Rocky Mountain Pig Wiggly just to, you know, get back trained and get back equipped. So when the new store got built, I would be ready to be on my own. So that was like, that was a really good step um, and a real good experience, you know, to be in a brand new store, you know, from ground up. So did that. And then, um, you know how you still having this feeling you want more, mm-hmm. um, it was one job I applied for that was going back to the Rocky Mountain Engine Plant, the CDC, um, Cummins. Um, I started working there, but I was temp. So, but I was still working at Piggly Wiggly part time. I was full time at Piggly Wiggly, but then I reduced myself to part time because Cummins were paying a little bit more. Um, but I was still, you know, trying to do both, you know, at the same time, you know, do the engine plant and do Piggly Wiggly. But then the hours at the engine plant was just getting too ridiculous. I eventually had to let Piggly go, but I ended on good terms. I let him know, you know, I really appreciate everything that he's done for me, you know, but I really have to go for, you know, what, you know, is best for me in my future, you know, because I mm-hmm. know I definitely don't want to be in a grocery store, you know, for the rest of my life. And, right. Um, even though that was a great start, but, you know, I just had the ambition in me, like I need – and want, you know, more. And so I left on good terms. He was like, I trust. He was like, trust me, I understand. You know, my door is always, you know, open, you know, regardless of that. And um, at the engine plant, but like I said, I was temp, but I was still making really, really good money. And I'm like, you know, God, like, why can't I get back into the science field? Why can't, you know, like the hospital or medical office, you know, or something, you know, why can't, you know, anybody just give me a yes? You know, why I keep getting denied? Is it even meant for me to be in the science field? Because it was getting mm-hmm. to the point where I was about to give up. Like, you know, should I have even went to school for our biology? You know, should I go mm-hmm. back to school and do, like, something else? You know, what is my future? You know, what you know, what does my future entail? So I had ended up applying for a job at Pfizer. You know, it's a pharmaceutical company. And I had got an email for an interview, and I'm like, okay, God, okay, like, you know, we're getting somewhere. It's not, the job wasn't completely science. I want to have a quick question. Um, How long were you going to guide about this? Like, was it a long time or a few days? Like, when did you start to see a change and you saw the Pfizer opportunity? Well, I was was going to God ever since I had to move back home because I was like, God, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do? Like, I keep getting a no, I'm not getting a yes. You know, what am I actually supposed to do? But then when I was working at the engine plant, I was really like, okay, God, what am I really supposed to do? And I was working there for probably like almost a year. And I was like, not almost a year, probably like seven, eight months. And I was like, God, what am I supposed to do? Like, what is my future? What am I supposed to do? So it's probably like six to eight months, but, you know, going back to 2016 when I first moved home, I was still questioning him then, like, am I supposed to be in a science major, you know, or am I supposed to be dealing with money, you know, am I supposed to be dealing with manufacturing, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? Um, so that's when I got the email. It was probably like October um, probably like October, November 
when I got the email for an interview. I had the interview, um, and then that's when I got the call, like, at the end of November that I got the job, and I started Pfizer in December of 2018. And I was working as a visual inspection, even though it wasn't, like, completely science, but I was still in the building where science was being done. You know, they had a biology lab. They had a chemistry lab. I know I won't go on for the chemistry lab because I can't do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But they had a biology lab, you know, a biology um, laboratory, and I was like, you know, I would love to do that, you know, if I can get in. But um, I kept, when I did get into science, they was like, you got to be here a year. And I was like, you don't, in my head, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you don't have to be in no job a year. You know, God can promote you within however long he feels to promote you. Um, But people kept saying, you know, it's who you know, it's who you know. So, yeah. And what exactly was the visual uh, position? Um, The visual inspection, it was just expecting um, vows that was already filled, um, like different, I don't want to put the name out there, but different like vaccines or medicines that mm-hmm. were filled, and, and we would, you know, inspect the bottles or inspect the valves to make sure it wasn't like any damages to them, making sure like it wasn't nothing inside of them, like hair or um, any glass or any fibers or stuff like that um, that can be damaging to the patient. Um, so as long as, like, the valves or the bottles were good, like, they were passed, and, you know, we can send them off to, you know, wherever they're going. And, again, you were able to use your affirmance skills in that position, so that was pretty that was pretty uh, neat just how you were able to use what you already had, what you already have, um, for and apply it towards that position and excel in it. Yeah, because you definitely, you had to have, because they made sure, like, they, they check your eyes to make sure you got good vision, um, and you had to be able to see, like, when I say, like, there were fibers in the glass, like, valves, like, the fiber would be as small as a grain of salt, you know, or mm-hmm. or um, a piece of hair that, you know, you like snatch off your head it's like a little small you know piece of hair like that's how tiny that it will be inside that but that inside that glass or that bottle so it was very tiny and it was no magnifying glass you would either have to look at it with your eyes or put it in the light um and hoping you could see it but yeah and we found a good amount of it um but like the ones that did pass you know they didn't have any particles or nothing was damaged or nothing like that Wow. And so, okay, so you're you're doing this visual inspection, but is there ever a point that you actually get back into the uh, lab and actually do some science things, or did, did you stay there? Yeah, so while I was in the process of being a visual, inspect- um, a visual inspection, I still kept praying. I was like, God. I know this can't be my final destination. Like, what is really going Like, you know how your soul is searching for more and more and more? And I'm like, okay, God, it has to be something better. It has to be something greater. Like, what is the deal? 
So I still kept applying, and I'm talking about applying within Pfizer, even though they kept telling me you have to be there a year. I'm like, that's 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 a lie. Like, I'm not going for that. Like, I wasn't settling for hearing, like, being there a year and being stuck in that same position. Like, I know I'm supposed to be somewhere, you know, in the lab or something like that doing something. Um, and there was two ladies that kept encouraging me. They was like, don't give up. You're smart. Don't give up. Um, you got this. Just keep applying. And one girl, she applied to um, the Pfizer at another location. And um, she was like, you should apply there, too. They're doing gene therapy. And I was like, um, I don't know. I, I don't think, you know, I can do it. She was like, why are you doubting yourself? She was like, you can do it. She was like, ain't this what you want? She was like, you know, just apply. You don't know what can happen. So she got an interview, and she ended up getting a job. She was like, see, I got the job. She was like, you can get it too. But I still kept doubting myself. I was like, no, you know, I can't do it. It's not for me. And she was like, why do you keep doubting yourself? And then another lady, she was just like, you know, you can do this. You know, don't limit yourself. She was like, you're trying to get out, you know, to get back in the lab. But she was like, this is your opportunity. Take your opportunity. Don't miss it. And so eventually I ended up applying but you know how you still have that doubt in the back of your head because the enemy comes in and mess with you like you can't do it. You know, you're not qualified for it. But you know right. who God created you to be, and you know God says you are qualified. Um, Come on, preacher. So I, hello? I mean, <laughs> <it's terrible. laughs> I was for the job, and I got an email for an interview, and I'm like, I'm crying. I went to my dad. And I was like, Daddy, I got the call. Like, I was so excited. I was screaming. And he was like, see, baby, you got it. He was like, go to the interview and do what you're supposed to do, and you're going to get that job. And so I went to the interview, and the interview the interview went just amazing. But, again, the enemy comes in. You ain't get the job. They don't want you. You know, they're going to hire somebody else. You know, you're not built for the job. You're going to you're gonna get denied of this one, too, you know, and all that stuff. But then when I had expressed to the ladies that were encouraging me at work how I felt, they was like, what? They was like, no, you got this. The job is yours. Like, stop. Don't even let the enemy come in and, you know, try to confuse you or mess with you like that. Um, You know, the job is yours. And then my dad kept asking me, you hear anything yet? You hear anything? I was like, no, Dad. He was like, no, don't give up. He was like, nope, mm-mm. He was like, don't give up. He was like, don't mean nothing. And um, that's when I finally got the call. No, 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 let me go back. So the girl that I said that had applied for the job at Pfizer and Gene Therapy, she called me, and she was like, hey, um, one of the men that you interviewed with, he's my supervisor, he's my manager, and he told me that, um, he said, your friend got the job. And I said, wait, who your friend? <laughs> right. I'm like, just <laughs> like, to be sure, are you, like, yeah, like, like, are you, like, are you talking about me? <laughs> right. Like, are you I, sure? Am I your friend? <laughs> like, are you, like, me as your friend, or you mean another friend that you got as your friend? Like, who is your friend? Right. So right. She was like, you, she was like, you got the job. And I was like, wait. I was like, wait, 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 go back. I was like, how did this conversation come about? She was like, mm-hmm. my manager came in, and he was like, um, your friend Princess, um, I interviewed her um, a couple months ago. I mean, not months ago, about a month ago, whatever, and, you know, we picked her for the job. 
And she was like, oh, my God. He was like, yeah, she going to start. You know, he told her when I was going to start and all that stuff. And she was like, girl, I just had to call you and tell you just to ease your mind. Because she was like, I know you was worried and stressed because, you know, I know how it felt. I was worried and stressed, too, you know, if I had the job. And she was like, I want to let you know that I got the job. And so when she said that, I started screaming on the phone. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, I got the job. And so when she told me everything I was going to be doing, like as far as gene therapy, I hung up the phone and I went to my daddy and I was like, he looked at me, he was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, daddy, I got the job. Like, I was screaming and crying and he was like, see, baby, he was like, you got it. You know, you prayed, you didn't give up, you know, even though you had some doubt, you know, you didn't let the doubt, you know, take over and, you know, see what God did for you, got the job. So finally, I can say that I'm back in science and I'm working in the lab with gene therapy and it is a very great experience. Wow. I just love your story, just how you you didn't give up, even though you you didn't start in your field um, right after graduation, but you were very persistent and you stayed focused and you kept building on the skills that you already have. And eventually it led you back to where you are now. And so I, mm-hmm. I just like how your story was, how your path was created and just how uh, you were able to just continue to build on your character. And now you're working in gene therapy. So that's very that's very good to hear. Yeah, thank you. Um, um, yeah, it's definitely, I'm still, I don't think, you know how some people like, like if they buy a new house and, you know, they'd be like, you know, does it seem real yet, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it still doesn't seem real. I feel like I'm still dreaming, but every day I wake up and I go in, you know, to the building, I'm like, wow, like, this is really legit. Like, I'm really, like, I'm in gene therapy. Mind you, I never even heard of gene therapy before, you know, I don't even remember us discussing that in college and whatnot. Right. You know, gene therapy, I'm like, well, what's this? And, you know, to be a part of something like that, you know, is definitely a great experience. And, you know, when I look back over my life, I'm like, wow, I came so far. You know, I mm-hmm. could have just gave up. I could have just gave up. Just be like, you know, I'm just working at Red Lobster for the rest of my life. I'm going to just right. settle with Lowe's. You know, I'm going to just settle with, you know, whatever job I was doing. But I was like, no, I know where, you know, I'm supposed to be. And I know mm-hmm. that, you know, with prayer and with faith um, and ambition, I knew that I was going to get there. I didn't know when because I'm still like, you know, that was 2016. And, you know, I'm still like, okay, God, you know, what am I supposed to do? You know, where am I supposed to be? And here mm-hmm. now at 2019, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. So it feels good. Describe it in like one or two sentences. What exactly do you do in gene therapy? So basically, basically, yeah, just share it a little bit. Um, so basically, for where I work and the section I work, we're coming up with a vaccine, um, for patients who suffer with DMD, and it's like a muscular um disease. It's a very like it's a fatal muscular muscular disease. And it mostly happens within boys. Some girls might get it, um, 
but mostly boys get it. So they're trying to, you know, come up with a cure that will, you know, heal them so that it won't be, you know, fatal and they can't live because um, the kids that do suffer with DMD, they basically, the oldest they can live is to maybe 21, if that, um, if they even make it because they, you know, their muscles, you know, and they're not able to move their muscles like that, and then they start having, like, you know, respiratory problems or, like, heart problems and stuff. So basically just trying to come up with a vaccine to cure them so they can live and their parents, you know, don't have to, you know, bury them, you know, at such a young age. And that's, that's some big stuff that you're doing. That's yeah. Not no, uh, it's not no regular uh, regular job. That's a big yeah. responsibility you have. Yeah, it's a very big responsibility because before, you know, I never heard of um, DMD, you know, um, the muscular disease. I never heard of it before. But when, you know, they started doing sessions on it and, you know, they had people come out there um, who kids were suffering from it or have already passed from it or just showing videos about, you know, what the kids suffer with and stuff like that. You know, it was it was very it was very touching because I was like, wow, like we're basically you know in a battle to save these kids' lives. You know, because if I had a child, you know, that was suffering from that, you know, I would definitely want to do everything possible to make sure that vaccine, you know, gets out. You know, so that all the kids that are suffering with it, you know, they can live and survive, and so they can, you know, one day play basketball you know, play football, get married, or whatever the case may be, and not be mm-hmm. bound by a wheelchair or be bound by a bed. So, yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very touching. Yes. And so, um, also wanted to ask, what are, what is some things that you're working on? Uh, you know, you, you have this big responsibility at, at Pfizer, but I know that takes up majority of your time, but what else are you working on on the side? Um, on the like, side? Uh, yes. As far as, like, outside of work or? Uh, yes, because you're currently in school, right? Oh, yeah. So I went back to school because I was like, well, I really love, because when I was in Pig, when I was working at Piggly Wiggly, I was like learning the computer systems, like you know how to put stuff in and whatnot. And then, like you know, I'll be home and my mom would be like, "Oh, can you fix this for me? Can you fix the computer? Can you fix my phone? Can you do this or whatever?" So she was like, she had made a joke one day, and she was like, "You need to go back to school for IT." Cause she was like, "You good at computers and stuff like that." And I just laughed it off, like, you know, whatever, like, no. But then I really started thinking about it. And I'm like, well, maybe she's right. You know, mamas know. You know, mamas really know. So I was like, well, maybe I do go back to school doing something with IT. Um, so I started um, um, the early of 2019, and I signed up for my master's to get uh, my master's in IT with a minor in computer forensics. Um so I just started that, and we just finished um, this semester, this fall semester, 
and we're about to go into winter semester in January, so it's going pretty good. I got straight A's, so God is good. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So I pray it stays <laughs> that way. It will. But, um, yeah, it will. Yes. It's definitely not easy, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's something I'm proud that I'm doing because, you know, like I said, um, if I would have known when I was in college, I would have went to community college and then went to a four-year school. But it's like mm-hmm. now that my mind is, like, prepared for, like, the workload, the study load, and stuff like that, you know, it's like I'm better. I'm, I'm getting better more. I'm more equipped with school, like I'm not stressed out. Stressed out only when it comes to taking tests, but as far as, like, the workload and trying to get stuff done, you know, I'm able to make it work um, and not fall behind or, you know, fail any classes or nothing like that. So it's going pretty good. That's good. And just uh, I've been taking notes as she's been talking, and it's just nice to see just how everything is uh, working out for you. Like you, when you worked in the grocery store, you were budgeting money, but now you're in a place where you're budgeting your time and just uh, balancing different areas of your life, um, especially with, with school and everything but, and with family and relationships, just, just all of that. Now you're budgeting, learning to budget that. And then, um, when you worked at uh when you worked at LabCorp, you was uh you started off doing uh patient uh patient re- records and med- being a medical coder and now you're you kinda loop back to computers and you're getting a deeper understanding of computers and going into IT and, and uh forensics. So yeah, it's it's just nice just how everything is it's really um, like a full circle for you. Yeah, it really is. I didn't even think about it like that, but it really is going full circle, like back to where I started. So mm-hmm. it's like even though I ended up back in science, it's still somewhere computers are going to be involved. So we'll see what the future holds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what what do you plan to get out of uh out of uh, your master's, what what do you plan to do after that? Will you do you think you'll uh, possibly continue with Pfizer and be working on the science part in doing computers, or what? What's the plan for Princess in the future? Um, that's really uh right now. I really don't know what the future holds. I'm mm-hmm. kind of enjoying the moment, but I did talk with some people. Um, we had a like a meet and greet with some people at Pfizer and um, they were telling me what they do and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I asked if, you know, Pfizer have anything, you know, like IT background or something like that. And they was like, yeah, sure. Um, And they would put me in connection with some people. Like they told me who was like over the IT and all that stuff and um, at Pfizer and like who I can get in contact with. That's something I was interested in once, my master's is complete. Um, so I, I'm kind of like playing it by ear because I would definitely love to stay with Pfizer. They're very, um, they're a great company. Um, but as far as like what position I may hold in the future, I have no clue. I definitely would love to be doing something with computers. I know they have something like with automation out there at Pfizer that controls like our 
um, our screens, like when we on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. So that's I don't know. But something still with science in it, but something where I can still get my hand on a computer and do something, you know, behind the scenes. That will be great, too. I'm definitely excited for you. I, I just know it's going to keep getting better and better as you continue to grow in your field. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and so my last question, um, as we get close to the end of your adventure, what are three takeaways that you like our listeners to uh, get from you? Um, three takeaways. Well, I would say if you're planning to go off to school, definitely sit down with your advisors, with your parents, and really discuss, you know, what you want to do. You know, don't do it because this person wants you to do that or that person wants you to do that. Do it because that's what the passion holds in your heart. That's what you really want to do in life, you know, something that, you know, is going to touch people um, in a way that, you know, you can look back and say, like, wow, you know, God allowed me to be a part of something like that, you know. So definitely sit down and talk with your advisor, your parents, or whoever um, to figure out what your future, you know, will hold or what you want to do or what you want to do to start off your future. Um, second thing I would say takeaway is um, don't give up. You know, despite what may happen or what may be thrown your way or what may um, come about, you know, don't give up. Don't lose hope. You know, keep fighting. You know, keep your head up. You know, don't let what people say or don't let what you think people might think of you, you know, make you be ashamed of yourself because, you know, God takes everyone on a different path. And, you know, we all have to go down that path to get to where we need to be. And everybody's path is different. It's just how you respond to it. And, you know, as long as you stay positive, and sometimes it's hard, but as long as you stay positive and keep going, you know, God is going to be with you all the way. And third thing is just, you know, um, stay in prayer. Just stay in prayer um, because that's exactly what I did. I mean, I truly pray because everything that I have experienced, everything that I have went through, if I didn't pray, there's no telling where I would be right now, you know, without God in my life. And right. like I said, I'm not, I'm not perfect because nobody's perfect, but praying and truly seeking God, he really helped me get through all of this to get to where I am now. And because of him, I know where I'm at is not my final spot, but I know he's going to keep directing me, you know, on the path, on this journey to where he has called me to be, not where I want to go, but where he has called me to be to, you know, help his people. So those are the three things. I love you, princess. Oh, I love you, princess. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. You are welcome. um, How can our listeners get in contact with you? Because you dropped, like, a lot of, good uh, takeaways for our listeners and especially for that uh, person that's probably about to graduate and they don't know what to do and they probably feel like a failure, but after listening to your story, they have a lot of hope and they probably want to ask you some more questions. How are they able to uh, reach you? 
excuse me. Um, so if they want to reach me, um, my Instagram name um, is at princess to a queen. Um, is that is princess the number two, the letter A and then queen. Um, so they can reach me on there, or they can reach me at um, on Facebook at Princess Jones, Princess Sierra Jones. And, um, yeah, I'll be willing to talk to you, encourage you, pray with you, whatever the case may be, um, because you're not alone. You know, we all go through things. We all went through things. And we're all reaching to get to where, you know, God wants us to be. So, you know, I definitely know how it feels. And so I'm willing to, you know, be that comforter, you know, be that one to push you, you know, because I definitely had people in my path, along my path, and they're still in my path that encourages me even when I still feel like, you know, I might not be worthy or, you know, great or something like that. So, yeah, you can reach out to me there. Awesome. So thank you for tuning in, and thank you, Princess, for sharing your story. And I just can't wait to hear more updates from you. Oh, thank you, and thank you, Ashley, for having me, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Everyday Adventures in Faith. If you want to find me online, head to Everyday Adventures in Faith on Instagram and Facebook. If you love the show, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys, and see you on the next adventure. Bye.